When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Shows or join the team at sport social.co.uk. Hello, welcome back to the FPL Masterclass. Rob, we are back. It has been a little bit of a while, hasn't it? We had the international break, but we're back for game week 12. Guys, before we even start, make sure you hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, give myself a follow at Hayden underscore Rabani, give Rob a follow at underscore Rob underscore B, and give us a follow on Twitter uh, for the Masterclass page at TF Masterclass. Rob, welcome back. How was your game week 11? Because uh, I think you did pretty well, didn't you? The scores were a bit up and down for a lot of people. I just was shy of 60 with 56 points. But I think you're pretty happy, aren't you, with your uh, return? Yep, 74 points for the week. It feels like an age ago now, doesn't it? The international break always skews everything. We try and forget about club matters, certainly as Man United fans we do. And uh, and then kind of we're back in it. We're back into the Premier League. And of course, then we're back into FPL. So, yeah, I was really happy with that week's uh, totals. And I've been I've been relatively happy with the whole season. Yeah, I think it's been a very a bit of a strange one, isn't it? Because as Man United fans, we are trying to uh, we're trying to forget about what's going on on the pitch, and what we're actually doing is enjoying FPL. I know I'm doing that. And let's start. A look, you got 74 points in game week 11. Really good overall uh, ranking as well in the top uh, 30,000. And uh, you know, in terms of the total players as well, I think it's for that game week, isn't it? Eight? Is that what? Yeah, that is for this game week as well. But when I'm having a look at this, Rob, what I'm really really impressed with is the fact that you're looking at average points 42 and you absolutely smash it out of the park yep and as i said 60 points a week or you look around that total if you're getting that per week or maybe even 50 
then you're doing something right. So you've got to hold on to that. Don't worry about the big weeks and the small weeks. You know, I think I had it the other week, didn't I? Where I got, did I get 120 odd, 128 points or something or 124? And then the following week, I only got 40. But it's the law of averages with FPL week to week and trying to take advantage of maybe transfer situations or players who are coming into form or even getting rid of ones that are going out of form. So we're going to talk a little bit about that this week. Uh, when you look at the numbers here, just to go, go over them, 30,000th in the world out of 8.6 million. So I feel like I'm doing something right. Let's try and stay on that level now and keep going and try and every week just nudge that down even further. Yeah, absolutely, Rob. I mean, it's, that's that's really the key, isn't it? Making sure that you're hitting those averages. But over here now, we've got the Kings of Game Week 11. So I'm just going to read them out, Rob, because there's some really good scores sort of across the board, especially out of the defenders. You know, you had Ben Foster, fantastic, great value for Watford in goal. Um, you know, he's he's found himself having a starting spot after not starting uh, for, you know, the sort of the, the beginning end of the season. And you've got Cancelo as well. Fantastic. You had Trent as well. More returns. Henry from Brentford. Fantastic as well with 10 points. And then Fornals has had a really good season, actually, Rob. I'm just interested to have your thoughts about him a bit later on when we talk about midfielders. Because I feel like he could be a good differential with Ben Rama not scoring as many points. Conor Gallagher, fantastic. He, I mean, he's really risen as the sort of wildcard player this year. And I actually think that he's someone that uh, everyone should have. And I'm thinking of bringing him in this week. You have Hayden as well with 10 points, Trossard and Barnes. So really not, not the big names, Rob. You're looking here as well, Pookie, and you've got Armstrong. Not many big names made it into the uh, into the Kings of the Week. Well, a couple of weeks ago, we did a show, didn't we, where we said Salah and no premiums. And that proves there that that's the way FPL is going this season. It's a strange year. We're seeing that lots of these players who are mid-range, even budget options, are scoring big points. You know, we'll talk a little bit more about Conor Gallagher, uh, uh, Gallagher towards the end of the show, but he's the second highest rated midfielder in the whole of FPL behind Salah. So you, you see now with these with these guys that are getting week to week totals all the way through from your defence, through your midfield and into your attack. This year with the attack, we're seeing it that, that again, you just don't go premium with it. You know, we've talked about Lukaku and we've talked about Ronaldo. There are always these options that people who want the big stars in their FPL teams, they're always going to lean on them. And if sometimes there's v valid merit in that, but the numbers are telling you something different. Pookie, nine points. Armstrong, nine points from last week. You know, it, it, it's not rocket science. It's just about being, I think, smart with your choices and not feeling to force your hands to always have superstars in every position. It definitely sort of uh, marries up with what we did say, doesn't it, the other week, that uh, a lot of these premiums aren't giving you value for money. And when you're looking at value for money, Rob, you're looking actually at the defenders, those those defenders in your team, Trent and Cancelo, especially Trent. Uh, Reese James as well. Livermento is an incredible value. I mean, if you don't have him in your team, you're probably doing something wrong. You're probably quite low down as well. But I want to talk about the goalkeeper, Ramsdale, because... You had Sanchez now who's sitting on the bench. I had a little bit of a dilemma with my goalkeepers. Now both of them are out. So Ramsdell is really emerging, hasn't he? Probably as the informed goalkeeper in the Premier League this season. Absolutely. And Arsenal look like a team that are not going to concede lots of goals, which is something that we weren't saying a few weeks ago. So, uh, no, Ramsdell's been exceptional for Arsenal. And um, I think as well, when you look at him and Sanchez, you know, they were kind of my dual act going backwards and forwards. I do now, I'm just kind of sticking with Ramsdale with Sanchez as a backup. So that worked for me this last week because obviously Sanchez got a red carded. He's only out for one game. 
So as far as my goalkeepers go, I'm not going to sell Sanchez. I'll talk about that towards the end of the show a little bit more again. But when you look at my defence there, you know, that's where my numbers are. 12 points, Alexander-Arnold, 14, Cancelo, Livramento, six, just every week gets returns. And we know that James has been exceptional when he's been back in the Chelsea team. So that's where the weight of my points are. And then it allows me to just kind of, you know, stick Salah as my captain, give it a whirl and see what happens. And that's how you get the big numbers. You know, when you kind of look at across the board, it's having that foundation. And I think all those fullbacks, because that's what it is, is four fullbacks in my team, no centre-backs. I'm not I'm not tempted to go with a Maguire or a Van Dyke or a player like that or Diaz. I just want fullbacks who get assists, take set pieces and score the odd goal. And then I'm happy. Even Mankio on the bench, I know that he doesn't start for you, Rob. But again, that's another fullback. And uh, I agree with that strategy. It's just a little bit of a differential. When I saw that Havertz um, got returns, you're the first person I thought of because I know you had him the week before. Nice little differential there, isn't it? Because he's been playing false nine. Yep, he's been playing a false nine. Worth noting now that Lukaku's nearly fit again. So I intend to sell Havertz. So he's in my team. You'll see at the end of the programme for this week because I still think he'll play the false nine. But then I think that I might downgrade that position to a budget sign-in to give me more money. And then I might go and get a more premium option either up front or else another... um, another player in midfield. I've, I don't really like what Townsend's doing at the moment. You know, he's kind of had five weeks where he's just scored two or three points. Everton themselves are not particularly playing well. So I'll be looking at the form going into Christmas to make those tweaks. Absolutely. And Rob, now we're going to go on to sort of the main topic here. So on the screen, we do have the Spurs team. But the reason why we're doing this show today or the main topic of this show is actually the manager bounce, new manager bounce. We've seen Four new managers. We know that Antonio Conte has already managed for Spurs, I believe, a couple of games. But you have Steven Gerrard, who's now returned to Premier League from Rangers, who's taken up a very interesting role at Aston Villa. I was quite surprised to see him get offered that, but it could it could possibly be a very interesting move for him, especially with the length of the contract. And you could see him possibly, if he does well, taking over from Jurgen Klopp. Uh, you've got Dean Smith, who's gone straight back into work after losing the Villa job to Norwich. And you've got Eddie Howe, who I think is a fantastic and intriguing appointment down there at Newcastle. So what is your thoughts? Let's just talk about the new manager bounce because you do see that a lot. But is that something you're bearing in mind when you're picking your team this this uh, week? Always and every year. So this time of the year, it's sacking season. So when you get to November, December, managers start to lose their jobs, heads start to roll. But that always does have an effect on FPL because you'll see players come into the teams now that haven't even played before that might get minutes. And it is that new manager bounce. We see it in real time in the Premier League where teams who haven't been winning will start to accumulate points. And there'll also be players in FPL who haven't been playing at all who will suddenly start to be brilliant differentials. So with Spurs, I think every year it's the Kane-Sun combination. That's what we all do. You know, I've done that many times over the years because it's reliable. Of course, we're seeing this year two players that have been premiums haven't really given returns, especially Harry Kane. But now you've got Conte there and you've seen that Harry Kane scored seven goals in the international break. It's time to start thinking about it, at least. So I've put the the Spurs team up here for us. So I said I sent it to you earlier on. And this is obviously the team that Conte played last week. Don't look too much at the ratings there in terms of because that's cumulative for the season. We know Spurs have been particularly poor. So it's thinking forward now. You know, what are they going to do? I think Kane and Son, again, are easy choices 
But the two guys that I've kind of highlighted here are Royal and, and Regilion, however you want to pronounce it, Regilion. And, uh, and they're, I think, two players under Conte in this system in a 3-4-3 or even kind of 3-5-2 if they go that way will benefit massively from being wingbacks. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking at the team now. We all know that Conte's sides, um, you know, especially whoever's playing wing back, do really benefit. So I think that Regulon has been an interesting option. He has got a few assists, Rob, this season. And at 5 million, you know, he's probably quite a good option. But uh, let's move on now. And we're going to actually look at the fixtures before we move on and have a look at more of Villa, Norwich and Newcastle. But having a look at the top of the top of the uh, the graphic here. So the teams at the top have the easiest fixtures and the teams at the bottom have the most difficult ones. Funny enough, Rob, Tottenham and Newcastle, two sides with two new managers. I mean, Spurs have got Leeds, Burnley, Brentford, Norwich. Newcastle got Brentford, Arsenal, Norwich, Burnley. And then you're looking sort of further down Norwich, about midway there, Southampton, Wolves, Newcastle and Tottenham. And then you have, um, you know, you have Watford sitting at the bottom. That's a difficult run for them. Villa as well are with them. They've got Brighton, Palace, City and then Leicester. Having a look at this though, it's quite interesting when you bring in a new manager, it seems that uh, a lot of clubs do it knowing that the next run is going to be an easier run, don't they? They wait till the most difficult run is over. When you're looking at Tottenham and Newcastle, it does sort of make sense, doesn't it, that keeping an eye on their players? Kind of. I, I don't know if clubs really do think like that. You know, they do look ahead. They do look at periods of like games that, that, that are going to come. I don't know if if Spurs kind of looked at it and said, oh, you know, we'll give Conte a little bit of an easy run. Uh, when you look at these next four games for Spurs, and this is why I wanted to talk about the fullbacks, obviously playing as wingbacks. When you look at the kind of prices, I think they're 4.9 and 5 million respectively, the two players we just highlighted. And then they've got this run of Leeds, Burnley, Brentford and Norwich. Now, FPL fans, football fans will look at that and say, ah, they're going to score lots of goals. I look at that and think four clean sheets. So that's the first way of looking at it. You know, like you, Harry Kane might do really well in those games. Uh, there's every chance. I think you've seen as well, especially with Brentford, they've kind of have had a notch down now where they've not not been playing particularly well. Le uh, obviously lost their goalkeeper as well, Brentford Araya. Leeds themselves have been erratic this season, so you really don't know what team's going to turn up. But that's why I was saying buying in, into potentially into Spurs' defence in this run because we know that Conte is very apt when it comes to playing defenders. He gets his clean sheets as one of his formulas for his type of football. But then it's also about getting those guys forward to get assists. So if Harry Kane's going to get you the assist or, or get you the goals, great. But are you going to pay the 12, 13 million pound bracket to get a couple of goals? Or are you going to pay something that's a lot cheaper in 4.9, say for Royal? Or, you know, Regulon is kind of around a 5 million mark, I think it is. And they're going to get you assists for Harry Kane and for Sun. And they are much more shrewd buys to go and make this week. Are you going to gamble on... On Kane or Son? No. <laughs> so so the reason I, I have my reasons, and my biggest reason is that my team's doing really well. So I don't feel the need to rip stuff up. You know, my team is built week to week to week methodically. I might make changes now and then. Last week, I made a last-minute change of bringing in uh, Reese James for Cresswell. And I did that in the last minute, and I didn't want to because I wanted this week to have two transfers so I could execute something but now I've only got one. But I like my team. I'm not really going to mess with it too much. And again, I'll reveal my team right at the end of the show. It's not much different to one that started last week. There are little tweaks, but we'll talk about that. And I think that it's more about now, Haydar, if you're looking 
to kind of ramp it up a bit. You know, if you're looking for opportunities and you've not been scoring the points, your team's not been working, this is probably the week to, to go for Harry Kane. We've said it a couple of times, haven't we, that, you know, when's Kane about to pop? Well, we saw for England he popped, you know, seven goals. He should be ready now to do that for Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, absolutely. He had a really good international break. Rob, let's move on to Newcastle now. Is it time to invest in Callum Wilson? And let's look at his previous years. And if you're listening to this on Spotify or on audio, we have got Callum Wilson's previous points and goals um, over the past five or so years. When you're having a look at it, he's he's actually been such a such a good budget option, hasn't he, in FPL? He's been in my team actually from his Bournemouth days. You only look last season. He was he was great last season. You know, he's around 6.5 million last season. So he's gone up this season. He's about 7.4. Uh, 12 goals and uh, six assists, a great return, really. 134 points, especially playing for Newcastle. We look at the year before, eight goals and six assists. And then the year before that was his, his really, really fantastic year for Bournemouth. 14 goals, 12 assists. And you can see, you know, he is hitting near sort of uh, near 10 goals a season on average. Uh, and uh, is he someone that you'd be considering? Because there is Sam Maximan who has been fantastic this season, but does look like he could be slowing down a little bit. Yeah, Sam Maximan's not been in good form at all in recent weeks, so he's very high up in the overall charts. Uh, Callum Wilson, you know, a very good striker, scores lots of goals when he's got lots of service. And of course, what's happened? His old manager from Bournemouth is now the manager of Newcastle United, someone that knows Callum Wilson very, very well. So I think it's easy to say the the team and the strike, the strike area is going to be based around Wilson, what Wilson used to do at Bournemouth. Um, he'll be asked to replicate that in Newcastle. And he's done quite well at Newcastle, even at times when Newcastle have been struggling. So I think that that's a, an easy pick with a new manager coming in with the bounce we talked about. I think Eddie Howe will, will feel comfortable with Wilson up top. What I will say is this, is that I think at 7.4 million for a striker, if you've got a lot of weight in your midfield in terms of premium, so like you're a, a Salah and a Mane combination or something like that where, where you're putting real money into bigger options, you probably don't want a Callum Wilson sat on your bench for 7.4 million. He might get points still, but you might miss out on them because it's not point, it's pointless otherwise. If you're going to have a striker in there with a little bit of extra money in your pocket and you go for a 7.4 million pound option like Wilson, he's already got 32 points this season. I think it shows that he's a guy that suddenly could go on a big run. So if he's in your team, 7.4, go for it. Newcastle have got a good set of games coming up um, and there should be this kind of feel-good factor around Eddie Howe in these opening weeks. And I think that marriage between Wilson and Howe should be successful. Something also to add as well, Rob, he, like you mentioned, he is quite a streaky striker. So when he is on form, he's a good person to, a good player to bring in. But I'm looking at the uh, the ICT rankings. So that's, you know, the influence, creativity, a threat. Overall, he is pretty, he's pretty low. Okay, he's just outside the top 100. Um, and you can see his form as well is 2.7. You're looking at um, how much he's owned by as well. So the players, it's 2.5%. So massive differential. Is, there, is it one of those transfers though where, you can only really make this gamble on it if you're quite high up in your leagues. You know, if you're struggling a little bit, is this a bit too much of a gamble? I mean, look, if it, if it pays off, it's fantastic and you move up the leagues. But I'm looking at this right now. I'm not near the bottom, but I'm not near the top. And I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, it's too much of a risk at this stage for me. 
I, I actually think it's a wise gamble. And I think it is more for people. Like, as I said, I'm not buying into some of these players that I'm recommending simply because I feel really comfortable where my team is. I said 30,000th in the world. I'm not going to rip up players that are working for me to kind of gamble. But if you're at the wrong end of the league, if you're like 2 million, 3 million, somewhere like that in the leagues overall, um, then I think Wilson is a really good option. You just uh, mentioned Eddie ICT ranking. He's just outside the top 100. I think, Bring it back the other way. Have a look at influence and the ICT index, obviously, for forwards. So even though Newcastle have been in the bottom three, you know, they've they've struggled, they're relegation fodder. He's still 27th out of 86 in the index. So that's pretty good. And when you think about influence, again, Newcastle team that doesn't influence, that doesn't really create a lot of stuff, he's 19th in the league out of 86. So I don't think it's a risk. I think at 7.4 million, if you've got the money to buy him in and you're going to start him, go for it. Just don't buy him in at 7.4 million and put him on your bench because then I think he might be the kind of guy that that every week gets gets a goal, gets gets an assist, maybe gets 10 goals in an eight-game period and you're just there banging your head against the brick wall because you sat on your bench. I, uh, I definitely see the reasoning there. Rob, let's move on to Norwich. We've got a player up on the screen here, Matthias Norman. Now, um, obviously Norwich... Good set of fixtures as well. Southampton and Wolves as their next two games. They sacked Daniel Farker after winning the game as well. I mean, I'm really hoping that Manchester United will have a new manager bounce as well because, you know, it'd be nice to be able to pick a few of their, <laughs> few of their players. Um, having a look over here, the value is incredible. 4.5 million. He, you know, he's in decent form as well. 4.0 and owned by a very small amount. I mean, is it time to bring in someone like this? Or would it be more of a better option to take a punt on Pookie? Because obviously Pookie is, uh, he scored last week and he's uh, hes someone I think who can go on a run of games. And especially under a new manager, look, Smith is, Dean Smith's a really good manager. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a very good, I don't think he's obviously, he's not top tier manager, but he did a really good job at Villa. Got shown up a little bit with the better quality that Villa had, had this season. But maybe going back to a side with less quality, you'll, you'll see, you know, see his management skills a little bit better. Potentially. I, I think Pookie is always a, a good punt as a as a striker. Again, he's a bit streaky and sometimes he goes ice cold. So that is a problem. But he's doing OK at the moment. And again, with Dean Smith coming in, you'd expect maybe he'd start to get a few goals. But I chose Norman this week because I think when you again, you look at him and you're trying to buy your way into budget markets with productivity. So again, looking at the ICT rank for midfielders, for influence, he's 47th out of 255. So it shows that he he can create, he can do that, he can he could potentially get you assists. But the ICT index of 74 out of 255, it just shows that even at kind of 4.5 million, that they're real, there is real value in the market. Something that Fergie said there wasn't once upon a time, but there is value in the FPL market. It's just that sometimes you have to cast your net a little bit wider. And I think that that Norwich have got an okay run of games coming up, but they themselves are looking for that new manager bounce. This is what this show is about. How do you find ways now as an FPL manager into these teams that have, you know, done the deed, got rid of their coach, got a new coach in, who's going to thrive off the back of that? I mean, Norman's had a really good season anyway, even with Norwich being completely hopeless overall. And if you did have that kind of budget bench space on your on your team, 4.5 million, I think he'd be a good punt. Absolutely. We've got a question here, Rob, asking about uh, the need to replace Vardy. Who do we recommend? We will be talking about the strikers a little bit later on. Um, so let's talk about Villa. And this is going to be a lovely sight for a lot of United fans. Steven Gerrard is back in the Premier League. 
and he said this, Rob, he said, we're going to play slightly different than what we've been playing before. I want to put my own stamp on things. That will take time. So you will see some changes in how we go about that at the weekend. I'll be honest, Rob, I know he's he's obviously an ex-Liverpool legend. Well, he's a Liverpool legend. But I'm, I'm quite impressed when I listen to Steven Gerrard talk. I'm quite impressed with how he's, the methodical you know, steps he's taken with his career. Now, he was the youth team coach at Liverpool. He's gone and learnt his uh, his trade at a, you know, a small... Rangers is a massive club in Scotland, but, you know, it's it's out of the, uh, I'd say, the spotlight. So he's really learnt his trade. He's learnt, uh, he's got his tracks on, he's going to start coaching uh, on the pitch. And now we see him at Villa, a massive club. And, you know, he could find himself if he does, if he's successful at Liverpool. Um, he wants to play a different style. Let's talk about that a little bit. How do you think Villa will play under him? What sort of players will he look, be looking to play with? I mean, I haven't watched much of Rangers, so I can't sit here and say I have. But uh, you're obviously, you watch him for work. So... Yeah, are you quite intrigued to see what Gerard can offer? Yeah, and I think the Villa job was perfect for him. So I've heard a lot of people, you know, one hand say, why would he leave a Champions League club and go to a mid-table Premier League team? It's like, what? Aston Villa are the fifth richest team in England. So they're richer than Man United and Liverpool. So they're a big football club with big owners and big ambitions. So I think Gerard's seen that. He'd have been on an incredible wage coming here, certainly a lot more than what he was on at Glasgow Rangers. Uh, and this is a big opportunity for him. I think he's got a decent squad and we'll see what he does now in terms of the next six months. Now, I think when you look at Aston Villa's run of form, I don't know how you could bring back up the the teams that we had earlier on with in the order of difficulty. Thanks for doing that, obviously, for our YouTube and our uh, our Twitter viewers. Looking at this, this is obviously the, the graph we use from um, Fantasy Scout that shows us the kind of difficulty and who's at the bottom there, Aston Villa. So Villa have got Brighton, a very informed Crystal Palace, Manchester City, and then obviously Leicester, who are a kind of de facto top six team. That's a tough run. That's a really tough run for a new manager. Now, you might find that Villa really go for it and they, they find a way in those games. But I think one of the big problems for Steven Gerrard is that Danny Ings is injured. So Danny Ings out, it means that Watkins is definitely a potential differential for people, like if you want a striker. But again, he's not particularly cheap. And I was looking through the Villa team before we did the show, and there's no one that really jumps out at me, you know, all the way through, like someone like, you know, Matty Cash, maybe, but I don't really want a Villa defender in there to kind of ruin my numbers. Uh, and, and I kind of think with Aston Villa, it might well be that come Christmas time, or so when Danny Ings is back, you might see a more productive Aston Villa under Steven Gerrard. Yeah, I've looked at the Villa side as well, Rob. I had Target at the beginning. Obviously, he had a really bad first game, got dropped for a while. He's back in the starting lineup. So he was the only player really I'd, I was willing to to bring in. Danny Ings was in my side as well, but I went and brought him out and I brought Vardy in. I possibly, I mean, look, you look at someone like Buendia, who we thought was going to bang, and he hasn't really done that as well. So I think Villa are a bit of an unknown quantity. Guys, in the comments, let us know if you uh, would go for any of the Villa players and... Uh, would you be taking a punt on, uh, you know, obviously Steve Gerrard's coming in and a different style of play? But Rob, now we're going to talk about the forwards. So, you know, we had a comment here from Gabriel saying, I feel the need to replace Vardy. Gabriel, let us know why you feel the need to do that. I mean, I've had Vardy in as well. He's not really done much for me. Um, is it because, you know, what, why are you not convinced? So I'd love to hear that. Um, and guys, get your comments in and we'd love to hear it as well. Um, but Rob, we're having a look here and looking at strikers as we did last, well, a couple of weeks ago premiums are quite low down you know you've got Vardy Jesus and Antonio topping proceedings Sam Maximan's up there as well Raul Jimenez is one to keep an eye on actually let's talk about him and uh let's talk about Dennis as well because he's a great value at 5.2 having a look at those two players 
would you be tempted to take a punt on someone like Dennis? Or are you sticking with, with Huang or someone like that? I'm sticking with Wang for my team. Um, but I think Dennis, again, if you're looking to downgrade an option so you can upgrade another player in your midfield, then yeah, go ahead and do it. You know, but I would I wouldn't be putting Dennis in my starting lineup, but 5.2 million, I think it's good value. Someone that can have somewhere in the bottom of your bench. Just talking about Jamie Vardy there, so for the question, obviously, in the comments, you know, as you said, why? What why do you feel the need to get rid of Jamie Vardy? Jamie Vardy at 10.7. Uh, I haven't got his numbers obviously right in front of me here, but he he had a run where he kind of got a goal or assist for about 12 weeks running, you know, one of the two. So he's certainly providing returns. He's second, obviously, now in the in the kind of all-time list for the for the year behind Antonio, but 60 points for the season so far is excellent. So unless you kind of want to take that 10.7, downgrade it for I don't know, on this list, looking at someone like, like we talked about Dennis, and you might then be able to set that 4 million and put it into Salah or someone like that. That makes sense. But if you're just going to sell on a on a whim or a vibe or because you just don't want the player anymore, then you have to kind of question yourself, why? Why do you want to sell that player? If you're going to use the money elsewhere and it's going to help you, great. I think there's another question there as well in our comments about... Um, there's Jota Hassan. Jota Hassan. I think Jota is the cheaper option and also the sense that Firmino is injured. So Jota's going to start games. So Son is still a very good option at 10. And I think there's another question there about between Huang and, and, and Antonio as a double act. Well, Antonio is the top striker in FPL. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't sell him at all. So as long as I think these players are still returning numbers week to week to week, even though they're not doing exactly what you want, Hold on. Huang at, at, eight, at 5.8 million is a really good squad option. You know, that's why I brought him in because I watched him and I was like, this guy's going to get goals and assists when everyone is not, they're not, he's not even on their radar, you know. So that's why I brought him in at that point and I'm going to keep him for now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Ivan Tony's another one, Rob, I think at 6.7. I've still got him in. I've, I stuck with him at the beginning. He's got some favorable, Brentford have got favorable fixtures coming up. I believe they're playing Newcastle, aren't they, as well? I, um, I've liked what Tony's done. I remember I was going to take him out on the women, and then you're like, why are you going to take him out? What's the reason? I couldn't really think of a reason to do that. But at 6.7, unless obviously you want to go cheaper and wangle or bring in Pookie, but I think he's uh, he's a fantastic option. And look, he's got more, well, on the similar points that Ronaldo's got this season. Yeah, I think Brentford are going into a, a more difficult patch now, and I'm thinking longer term, not just talking two or three weeks. So I look at Tony as a much less favourable option because of that. Because I think you're going to have better strikers who will get more goals. So Tony's done okay. He's come in and said, I think 38 points is reasonable. He's on that kind of top list. But at 6.7 million, you know, would I rather have Wang looking at, at, at Wolves fixtures going forward at a million pound cheaper? Would I want Dennis to kind of sit on the end of my bench at 5.2? A lot cheaper. You know, we talked about St. Maximum there earlier on. I think that that, that 45 is inflated. I think that's kind of he's got his points and he might not he might not have big weeks coming ahead, which will surprise you with my team that I've picked at the end of the show. But I think that kind of shows that there is lots of value in there. And Tony has done well. You know, as you said, that's why you kept him uh, and he did get you returns. Yeah, absolutely. Rob, I just want to touch on one player as well before we talk about the midfielders. Aubameyang. Now, I know they're playing Liverpool this weekend. Arsenal look really organised. We haven't said that for a long time. And, uh, you know, after the Liverpool game, I believe they've got Palace. But you're having a look at it now. 
I mean, Aubameyang for 10.1, okay, he's more on the expensive side, but actually he's had a good season. Is he someone that people could bring in as differential? Yeah, totally. And I think when you see that Arsenal's increase in form, they've gone from being, you know, potentially relegation fodder team that kind of, you know, going to be mid-table, maybe even fall out even lower, maybe even sack their manager, to now being a team that looks like it might compete for the top four. You know, so Aubameyang will definitely be a huge part of that. Uh, and his for, his personal form looks loads better. He looks like he's much more comfortable. I still think at 10.1 million, like again, when we look at the list here from top to bottom, you know, if you can get Antonio for 8.2 million, you're not going anywhere near Bamiyang. You're just not at the moment. If you can get Jesus for 8.7 for a Man City team that scores lots of goals, you're not going near Bamiyang. This is the issue, I think, with the striker section is that if you really wanted to go premium, you would go Vardy at 10.7. And then you wouldn't be able to afford a Bamiyang at all. You'd be looking at kind of other markets. And this is also the issue for Ronaldo, isn't it? 12.4 million. If, you, if people have gone for him because they're a Viva Ronaldo and they love Manchester United, well, they're probably not going to be in the top two or three or four million at the moment because they've got Ronaldo in their team and he's only got you 38 points. You'll still score your goals. He's just not going to give you the bigger returns. You might as well go for someone like Dennis, 5.2 million, who's got two more points than Ronaldo for the whole of the season. Yeah, I haven't touched Ronaldo, actually, Rob. I had Bruno at the beginning, but I didn't touch Ronaldo. I'm quite happy I've not. And But you're looking at the, the price as well. He might go and get a hat-trick against Watford, but the game's after a little bit tricky. But let's go on to the midfielders now, Rob. Now, <clears throat> the standout name, obviously, is Mo Salah. We're not going to talk about him because if you don't have him in your team, you're probably doing very poorly on FPL. The next man, Conor Gallagher. What a season he's having. 5.9 million rated, 62 points. He's uh, he's in tremendous form, isn't he? Yeah, an incredible season for him. Obviously, England call-up as well. So obviously, re reaffirming how good he's been for Palace this season. I think at 5.9 million, he's a no-brainer. So again, if you're looking to mix it up with your mid-rangers and your budget players, that someone like Gallagher, the way Palace are playing, like, my God, Palace are... They're just a completely different football club under Patrick Vieira. You know, obviously after a, a dodgy couple of opening weeks, you could see that they wanted to play football. And if they want to play football on the deck, it's going to benefit players like Gallagher. So I think, again, 62 points, second highest rated midfielder in FPL, above Mane, who is all of £6 million more, above Son, who's all of like £4.5 million more. And then there's a big list below you. Talk about Bruno Fernandes last season, you know, the prime candidate in FPL for, for Manchester United, 11.7 million, 52 points. You know, Gallagher's got 10 more points than him. There is value in the market. And I think Gallagher is just an easy choice at the moment. I haven't, again, put him in this week. Why? Because I'm happy with the balance. But he's certainly the kind of guy that next week, that if he, if he continues to have strong form, that I'll consider him and bring him into my squad. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm going to be bringing him in this week. I'm looking at my midfield options. We'll, we'll see if Kovacic is going to be fit as well. He's been, I, I've been, I've been sort of putting in, you know, injured players or players that are out on my bench instead of making a transfer for the sake of it. I've been doing that. It's worked pretty well for me. I think I've got two free transfers. So I've been rolling the transfers on. Um, I'll need to bring in a goalkeeper with Raya out for a while. I think I'll be looking um, towards maybe someone like Ben Foster. Well, when I'm having a look at my midfield as well, Gallagher is, is a great option. And I've had Smith Rowe, Rob, actually. He sat on the bench when he scored a couple the other day, but I've had him and now he's been giving fantastic returns. England debut as well, 5.8 million. I mean, he's he's a, he's, a, he's a superb talent. I mean, we knew he, that already. 
he is absolutely, you know, the Croydon Pirlo, as they call him or whatever. But, you know, going to Liverpool this week, difficult task for Arsenal going to, to Anfield. But I, I wouldn't put that, let me put that off with Smith Rowe. You know, I think he's a player for the long term at 5.8 million. He's going to play games and he's going to pick up points even in those strange matches where you think that Arsenal might not do so well. So Arsenal are in really good form and Smith Rowe himself is in really good form. So again, another uh, New England pick. I think he got his first goal in the obviously for England in that uh, in that route of San Marino. And, and he's just a player, I think, that's going to be both creative and get you the odd goal. Um, seeing that he's kind of fifth, on the, on the list of midfielders. That's something I don't think anyone would have predicted earlier on in the season. Uh, and I think that he'll stay there. I don't think he'll fall too much. You know, you talked about four nails as well, didn't you? You know, you wanted to talk about him and he's obviously on this list at six million. Um, still a little bit unsure about him. You know, 51 points is a great return for him already this season. And I think West Ham are playing really well. It's just whether he, him personally, will maintain that form. I think you have to look at the price as well, Rob. I know that you've got Ben Rama and Bowen. I mean, that's just a testament to how well that West Ham have done this season. Ben Rama 6.4, Bowen 6.3. If you are strapped a little bit and you can't make up that 0.3 or 0.4, having a West Ham player like Fornells makes sense. Totally. And and again, you can't have all these players in. I think this is something that, that, that you have to kind of realise uh, as FPL managers. You kind of look at uh, options. And I think just at the moment, Fornells is a good option, but there are better options. Rob, we're going to go on to your team now, the final, final bit of the show. Guys, make sure you hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, turn those notifications on as well. We do have the masterclass on the weekend. Um, so, Rob, we're looking over here. You've gone Ramsdale, Trent, Cancelo, Livermento, and James, not changing defence. You start with Havertz. Um, I'm not sure if you're going to change your team, but you've gone Havertz, Foden, Salah, who's ca- you've captained, and Jota. Very interesting. You've gone for the Liverpool double up against against Arsenal. I'm actually, I'm actually of the view that Arsenal might give Liverpool a d- difficult game. They look more organised. They look like a side full of confidence. Then you've got Antonio and Sam Maximan up top. And uh, on the bench, you've got uh, Sanchez, who's out, Wang, Mankio, and Townsend. Have you made any changes yet? Or is this just a sort of provisional from uh, you know your team of, from last week? This is my provisional. Obviously, our show goes out on a Thursday night. So you might well be watching this on Friday or Saturday morning before the deadlines. Um, so I might change it there because obviously I always say, look at the press conferences, go and see what managers are saying. So for instance, Livramento yesterday was injured. Today, he's not injured. So he's he's still in my team. So I've not messed around with that. Just looking at kind of my balance there, Ramsdale, I've stuck with him in goal simply because Sanchez is suspended and I don't want to waste any money on changing a goalkeeper just to kind of fluff that up for one week. Uh, but when you look at there, you talked about Arsenal and you look at the Liverpool options, actually a triple option there for me for Liverpool, obviously Alexander-Arnold, Salah and Jota. And I would pick those three against anyone. So I, I never worry about Liverpool's form or anything like that. Their returns are so strong, they could be playing Manchester City. I would still be playing all three of them, no problems. So that means that kind of you get a consistency of your team week to week to week. There is no point in ever making anyone else captain except Salah at the moment. So yeah. there is just a, a kind of method this week where people are saying Foden against Everton. I, you know, Foden's playing the false nine. It is a good matchup for Foden. He's my vice captain just in case Salah stubs his toe and doesn't make it onto the pitch at Anfield for some reason. So he could be my captain. That could happen. But it's more the, the kind of nuance pick here was St. Maximum. So I don't think St. Maximum season's going to particularly blossom or bloom it might well do under Eddie Howe but we'll see so I'm kind of thinking of letting him go at some point but 
My main player there is Swang. He was a player I would have liked to have picked this week, but he's just flown to South Korea to play for his nation. And then South Korea flew to, I think, Iraq or Iran, I think it was, or into the Middle East to play another game there. He played 90 minutes and 81 minutes. So I get the feeling he might be jet-lagged. I think you're a bit jet-lagged, aren't you, this week, Haydar? Haydar's yeah. Been Haydar's been on the plane. Haydar, could you play a Premier League game this weekend? <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I've struggled, Rob, sitting there at my desk trying to trying to go on my computer. So to have a run around, I mean, I'm, yeah, no way. There we go. So Huang's been travelling over time zones, whereas St. Maximum's basically had his feet up in Newcastle. He's not been anywhere. So I'm going for him this week because he's playing Brentford. So I'm like, I like that matchup. So it could be a case that next week you don't even see St. Maximum in my team ever again. Or he might get me two or three goals and I and I quite like him again, bring him back. But I think Huang is a better long-term option. I'm happy with him being on the bench. And he still might even play in that game against West Ham. He might have come on 20 or 30 minutes. He's a good impact player. So I, I'm still content with having him in my squad. The other player there we mentioned is, uh, is Kai Havertz. Um, we don't know what's going on with Lukaku yet. We know he's nearly fit. So I would not be surprised if Lukaku starts against Leicester. But for now... I'm sticking with Havertz as the false nine. Foden's a false nine. Jota is a false nine in many ways. So again, you can see the makeup of my midfield. That's all about attacking players who get goals and assists. Rob, Antonio, he took a uh, private jet back, didn't he? The owners paid for that. Or yeah. is it a jet? So he should be fit, shouldn't he, to play uh, against it, Wolves? It is. The, the reason why I, I didn't apply the same logic for Wang and for Antonio is, is the primary option for their clubs. So Jimenez is the primary option for for Wolves. So Huang plays to the side of him and plays in that kind of energy role. Antonio is going to play whichever way. And if West Ham beat Wolves, probably Antonio will score. So that's the, the kind of the logic behind that. Otherwise, I think if Townsend or even Mankio, Mankio didn't play last week, but if they were giving better returns, I might have considered dropping all my forwards like I did last week where I only had Wang up top and I just played with with. Uh, back four, back and, and a midfield five. Um, and that's always an option for you if you're trying to move things around after an international break. Rob, to wrap up, there's a question here saying, um, big fan of us, should I put in McTominay? No, just kidding. He's asking Kane um, or would should he double up on Jota and Foden? Because, you know, Jota and Foden probably, probably does make up what Kane or a little bit more of what Kane's valued at. Jota and Foden. 100%. Like, as I just said, two players that play a false position. So Foden has been effectively the striker for City. That's kind of where he's been operating in recent weeks. And I think with Jota, I almost sold him the Manchester United week when they beat United 5-0. And he did score and he got points. Um, and I don't think he, um, he... He didn't start the next match and everyone's up in arms. But then, of course, Firmino has now got injured. So Jota is definitely going to start in that front line in some capacity, even when Firmino comes back. So I think they're a better combination. But if you can get Kane, if you can afford it by having shrewd budget options in your defence, in your midfield, and even up top with him, then the time is now or next week. So I want to see what happens with Spurs this week. But I might be making some more kind of long-term buys to get into their team. But it might be those two fullbacks that I talked about at the top of the show. A real final word. I mean, my final word is going to be sort of and this is sort of what i'm doing look at the look at the budget options look at the ict ranking and pick accordingly um i'm avoiding all those big guys barring salah really and i, I suppose you could say trent's a premium option in defense but what's your sort of final word and final tip for this game week 
Well, again, I, I say it a lot. Don't pick your team on emotion. You know, you just said they're about looking at ICT rankings. I do think that's part of the story because I think it gives you a good guidance. But just look at what's to come. I always say look two or three, four weeks in the future and think, if I buy that player this week, do I want him for four weeks? Now, if the answer is yes, then go ahead and buy them. So if you want Foden and Jota because they're going to be in your team for a while, and I anticipate having them all the way through Christmas, maybe until I get another wildcard option in January, then great, go for it. Pick those players. But try not to tinker too much. Try not to just kind of drop one in and in and out. Last week, I brought James in because I felt that with Chelsea's run of fixtures still, that, that it was a good option and that he seemed to be more solidified as the right back. than Whereas I think at the start of the season, even when he was still getting points, I wasn't sure if he was going to start. So that was a problem. So I think that's all it is. Don't pick it with emotion. Have a strategy. Look two or three, four weeks into the future. And also, as you've done, Hold on to those double transfer weeks if you can. That's what I'm doing this week. I've got one transfer. I want to turn it into two next week. And you never know if Salah gets injured, then I'm going to be looking for a premium, aren't I? And I need those two transfers to kind of do some tweaking if I had to sell him, if he was a long-term absentee. And then, of course, I'd probably want to bring in Harry Kane. Absolutely. Guys, look, make sure you hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, turn those notifications on. We have the Masterclass back this weekend, Rob, don't we, on Sunday after Manchester United versus Watford. And uh, good luck for Game Week 12, and we will see you all next time. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.